Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of First Impression Sports Talk. I'm Jasmine Pollock, the host, and we're going to get into a lot of things, and we're going to talk about all things college football, so let's get started. Welcome to Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk, the fastest-growing sports talk show in the country. And now, here's your host, Jasmine Pollock. Welcome back to Jasmine's First Impression Sports Talk. And to kick the day off, we're going to talk about Coach Deion Sanders taking that job with the Colorado Buffaloes. Now, let's bring in Jeremiah, and we're going to talk about this whole situation. So, Jeremiah, Deion Sanders went to Jackson State. He had two back-to-back SWAC championships under his belt with Jackson State, finished 27-5 overall with Jackson State. Now he's taking his talents to Colorado and changing that whole um, team in that conference, which happens to be the Pac-12. What was your take on this, and what do you expect Colorado to be in the next couple of years? Well, when it came to my take on this, just like you know, we maybe talked about before and I talked about other people, he should have went probably to maybe a different school. I understand if you wanted to go to Colorado and, you know, they have a, you know, a bad record these, maybe these last uh, couple of years, but still at the same time, I just feel like you going there is kind of like going to be a little of a baggage. I would just say, because just like I saw before, he's bringing so many players over from Jackson state and also a lot of people from the Porter and it makes all the ones that were already there, you know, kind of, you know, left out and just, you know, felt unwanted when it when it came to that. And I just felt like uh, Dion, especially, he should see what he has first before making any type of changes. When it comes to every player and every person that's on that team, you need to know what drives them, what what was missing inside of this organization. Because you can say it was coaching, but it's other factors that go inside of this. Because what you did in Jackson State when it came to motivating them to motivate a one in Colorado is not going to be the same, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to their different cultures. I agree. But this is a big deal. I have mixed feelings about it because I these there's a lot of athletes that went to Jackson State specifically for Coach Sanders. And, of course, what he stands for. <clears throat> I mean, he's a Super Bowl champion. He is one of the top athletes that's ever played any sport. He's arguably, and he is the best cornerback in football history. And, of course, he went to Florida State, won a championship there. So this man has winning in his blood. So everywhere he goes, he has always put some, that team or that organization on the map. And I, I don't doubt at all that he won't do that with Colorado because Colorado finished 1-10 this past season. So they were the worst team in the Pac-12. And we know the Pac-12 has Utah. They have TCU, teams like that. Well, TCU's in the Big 12, excuse me. But you have teams like Utah, USC, who are, you know, competing and have big programs going on for themselves. So bringing a um, personality like Coach Sanders and bringing him in there and telling these guys, hey, this is what I expect us to do. This is what we're going to do. Even this press conference, we're bringing, I'm bringing my own luggage. You guys need to be prepared to get to the transfer portal because we're changing this whole atmosphere around. But my thing is I do feel bad for Jackson State. I do feel bad for those guys who really, you know, just developed a love for the school, developed a love for the sport, the team, and, of course, the coaches. And for Dion to just leave, and I know he prepared them for this prior, saying, hey, this is not going to be a long-term deal. But it was a, it was a deal that he could not 
um, he could not turn down. He just couldn't. Now, I wish he could have went to USF, University of South Florida, with the Bulls down here in Tampa. I wish he could have went there because he is a Floridian. He went to school at Florida State, and he won a championship there. He knows the Florida culture. Imagine him going to USF Bulls where you have Tom Brady with the Bucks, you have the Lightning, you have teams that are very dominant, and you add a personnel like him to a, the college atmosphere in Tampa, that would have been very huge. So I wish he could have went there. But Colorado, it's a lot. It's a little, it's a little different than what I'm used to. I know for sure I won't be watching Colorado. And here's a picture right now of Coach Sanders. But I feel like this is a big deal for them for Colorado. They're gonna turn. They're gonna turn around because of what he did and what he's gonna continuously do and the culture he's gonna bring. He's gonna add a whole new system of coaches. His coaching staff is gonna change. Uh, they actually got. A, they're looking to land an Alabama um, assistant coach right from up under Nick Saban. So Dion's making a lot of moves, but what does this mean for the Pac-12, Jeremiah? Like I mentioned, you have USC, you have Utah, big teams in this division. What's going to happen now that Coach Sanders is there? Well, uh, first of all, I can think of the first thing that comes to my mind, and that's exposure. When it comes to Colorado right now, they're about to have all the glam and the lights on them right now Absolutely. to see what they're going to do and what they're going to produce over there. I mean, when it comes to Coach Brown, you already know uh, just what kind of guy he stands for. You already know his resume. He's a Hall of Famer, you know, and he just won, just like you just said, two championships, two SWAT mm -hmm. championships, back to back. So him going over there, there's already big expectations, and plus him bringing over a lot of different people. They're, they're looking to make changes and also keep going within their thing, actually take over because, to me, Dion, he is mostly trying to prepare to have a name to try to go up against these big universities. You, if you just see yeah. his, his his mindset, he's going from the HBCU, going to the Pac-12, and then soon keep going, keep going to try to verse teams like uh, Alabama or maybe uh, the teams that talked, you know, maybe down or didn't really think too much about him. I, he wants to prove a point that I can stand this, the, you know, stand just right there next to you although there's a difference but he's trying to build himself and he's mm -hmm. doing it step by step within each school i agree and this is going to be a big deal so we'll definitely see how the pac 12 is going to look that's going to be a thing to watch um just by just coach sanders being there now let's head into the final four the whole talk that everybody's been waiting for what's going to happen who's going to move who's not so let's talk about this TCU and USC fall in their championship games on Saturday. TCU loses 28-31 in overtime to Kansas State in the, the Big 12 championship. Then in the Pac-12 championship, Utah destroys USC 47-24. How will this shape the Final Four is the big question, but now we know as of right now with the last hour who's going to be in the Final Four. Georgia's number one, Michigan number two, TCU three, Ohio State four. Now you can see right here on the screen, this is the bracket of how it's going to look, who matches up with who. So Georgia will play Ohio State in the Peach Bowl, and Michigan will play TCU in the Fiesta Bowl. What is going to happen with this, Jeremiah? What is your take on this thing right here? Because I got a lot to say. Because for one, TCU should not be in there. They shouldn't because they lost I, their championship. But go ahead, Jeremiah. I will have to agree. Because although I was like, you know, 
TCU, they won in overtime, still with them having a bad game, that they were still close. But still, when you're trying to hit that top four, it's almost you have to be perfect. You have to be. And you have to win. You, you literally have to win. And for you to lose in that championship after you was on the streak of undefeated all the way till you get to the championship is really alarming because when the lights are on you at that specific moment, you you cost your whole game away. And yeah. even though you try to fight back at the end, you still lose at the end of the day because this is a lower ranked team, you know, bringing it to you at the end of the day. Right. And for that final four, you know, people do not underestimate Ohio State. Because I know when many people would say, you know, they could just get knocked out again. But I know they had that 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 first taste of that loss when it came to Michigan. I know how that rivalry is. I'm not too sold on Michigan. But I'm also saying don't look over Ohio State because they could fix those mistakes. But I'm going to say this, though. We can't – this is the thing. Michigan th – this is how I look at it. Mi what we talked about last week, that Michigan had to go in there and destroy Purdue, and that's what they did, right? So they are proven now, like, okay, Michigan is not a team to mess with. When I look at Ohio State, the, the last two spots, TCU and Ohio State, Ohio, the last time we saw Ohio State, they got destroyed at home against Michigan. That's inexcusable. TCU loses in the Big 12 championship to Kansas State. And usually the saying is you win and get in. I didn't realize that if you lose, you can still get in. Yeah, I didn't understand that either because they, they just moved Ohio State back up again. You know, because I always keep thinking I was about to be Alabama there again. That's what I was, I was thinking. Like, I was preparing myself for that. And I was I like, was... there's no way that you guys should be doing that. But, I mean, it's a different picture to see Ohio State in, but I don't believe TCU, really, because they that game right there, but it Ohio looked just State very suspect. Be, Ohio State should if, if we're saying that TCU shouldn't be in, be in then Ohio State shouldn't be in. I would either. totally agree because with you as well because that's Ohio a big State, robbery right. game and he and that can't happen. And Ohio State, you didn't even make it to your division championship. You didn't make it. This is my thing. You The, the first two teams, Georgia and Michigan, won their conference. Georgia won, beat LSU, beat up LSU 50 to 30. Michigan beat up Purdue. In their Big Ten championship, you've got the SEC champions, which is Georgia. You've got the um, the Big Ten champions, Michigan. When we look at oh, when we look at TCU, they did not win their conference. They lost to Kansas State. Now, could we make an argument that okay? I always thought when it comes to the the conference games, and now we have a playoff in college football. If you win the conference, you should be in the playoffs, right? That's how it goes in NFL. If you win the division, you're going to have one of the top seeds. You're going to be able to have a, at least a one, um, at least a home game in your in your conference, right? I agree. Why is it in college where we have a bunch of conferences? You have the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the a the SEC, the ACC, teams like that. Like I'll give you an example. If if we're going to make this argument, Clemson won the ACC, but there's not one ACC team in here. You have two Big Ten teams, which is Michigan and Ohio State. TCU is the is the um, the Big Twelve, and Georgia is the SEC. There's no Pac-12 team, and there's no ACC team. So that's why I know that there's a lot of different um, there's a lot of different things that are not going right. Those things are not moving in the right direction because 
Not at all. All the conferences should be able to get into the playoffs. If you win your conference. Yes. And I feel like the the top one for each one. And how that's not happening yet is really beyond me. Because I feel like, just like you said, every every conference should be representing each side when it comes to this playoffs. I agree. Like even in the NFL, and I know it's a, a, NFL and college are totally different things, but we'll just talk about the similarities for a bit. You have the AFC division or the AFC conference, and then you have the NFC conference. So you have those teams that play in that conference. They play throughout the year to see who stands which in the in both conferences. Whoever has the number one seed, the two seed, they play each other, and then whoever's the best team from that conference gets to go play in the Super Bowl. But when it, it should be the, the same new, thing with college. It should mm-hmm. be the same. With the new rule, do you think that can bring in a lot more schools? Because, you know, they're about to have the playoffs be expanded, like you said, in the next well, year. Yeah. So, so that could yeah. allow for more conferences to get inside. So right. it can be more represented plus more competitive. I agree. So we're going to hold that thought. We're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and talk about what Jeremiah was talking about, which is the, the college football playoff will now be extended to 12 teams in 2024. So we'll be right back with a short break. Renting is everything. It's style at your doorstep. Off the runway and into your closet. It's every trend you've been dying to try and every designer you've yet to discover. It's wearing it your way every time and making it count everywhere you go. It's never worrying about what to wear because something new is always coming your way. That's why renting is everything. New styles, top designers, all for a flat monthly fee. Start your subscription at renttherunway.com. Slow roasted over hickory fire and pulled by hand. This is the way pit pork has always been done. Pulled pork lovers, rejoice. The smoky old days are back at the Smoke Shack. From the creative team that brought you The Browning Project and Dead by Morning comes a new thriller that will change the way you look at white-collar crime forever. Falling from the sky. You're watching Jasmine Pollock's First Impression Sports Talk. Be sure to join Jasmine every week for great conversation on the NBA, NFL, and a wide variety of sports topics. To see past episodes of First Impression Sports Talk, go to YouTube and search First Impressions Sports Talk. You can connect with Jasmine on LinkedIn by searching Jasmine Pollock. And now, back to more First Impression Sports Talk. Welcome back to Jasmine's First Impression Sports Talk. And the voices you just heard were from Kelly Johnson and Dion Hunter. If you like voiceover work done, you can contact Leon Thomas at theleonthomasgroup.com. 
If you'd like to be a guest on my show and see past episodes of my show, you go to my website at jasmineonsports.com. Now we're gonna wrap. We're gonna wrap up that conversation. I want to go back to that about the college football playoff. This is the biggest topics that's been out the whole time. So the big news that happened this past week is the college football playoff. The committee has decided to extend it to 12 teams, and we will see that in 2024. So this is what we've been talking about. But my thing was, when we talked about it prior, um, shows before, we were thinking they should have started, okay, if you do four, then go to eight. Then maybe extend it to 12. Let's see how eight teams look. And then go to 12. They automatically just jump to 12. So, Jeremiah, what is your take on this? How would this shape up, and what does this do for the teams that we're going to see start jumping ship to different conferences? What does that look like? Well, to me, I feel like it's it's going to make the things more competitive uh, going forward. But still, at the same time, I feel like it's more money they're trying to get out of this as well. Because if you're trying to have 12 teams, that means it's going to be more prolonging of the playoffs when it comes to everything. That means you probably have to maybe start maybe – later or either earlier throughout the season and maybe come some game, but it all depends. And for these players that's going to be transferring, especially knowing that the 12 teams that's going to be coming in, you're going to have the, it's going to be a lot that's going through the transfer portal. And that's why I feel like when it comes to certain rules, I think that the, the whole lead, they, they need to actually crack down on a lot of that talk when it comes to like these different players going through trade portals, just because. Now, I understand if like certain situations where things are not going good, but if it's constantly they're doing it each year, each year, each year of a person doesn't like stay stationary. I think that is a problem. And then those because it loses the factor of us just playing, like having your players and then just developing them rather than you just go out there and just having just each player always transporting, transporting like through the, uh, the, the portal. Yeah, when we look at this too, I think they should have started with eight teams first. So we already have four now, and we've seen how that goes. But they should now move to, okay, let's see how eight teams look. Because I always thought those New Year's Six Bowls that happens, like the Cotton Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, um, the Sugar Bowl, things like that, right? When we look at things like that, I always thought, like, why don't we have those as college football playoff games? Even the conference games, like we have all these different conferences in college football. And I mentioned them um, before the midpoint break. But what I don't understand is the conference championship game should solidify what teams get in, what teams are there. Now, I get and I'm going to keep comparing it to the NFL. So you have teams, right, that will win their division. Like we we know, I believe the Eagles will win the division, but that whole division is above 500. So all those teams could easily make the playoffs because of how good their um, the division is and how many games they all those teams right. won. So that all determines, of course, it goes up based off of strength of schedule. Who do you play? It goes what conference you're in, essentially. But you're going to see now you might see more teams. You might see a lot of SEC teams in the 12. That's what I'm saying because that's the strongest conference. But when you look at it, if you have the conference, and this is what I think should happen, whoever wins their conference has the best schedule should get a bye week. And then everybody else plays, you know, those Citrus Bowl games and they those Citrus Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, those New Year's Six Bowls, and compete, and then they have extended. But the only problem that's going to overlap is we have 
NFL playoffs coming. You have some NFL playoff games yes. that are on Saturdays, and then yes. you got some that are on Sundays. So that might overlap and different things like that. So either I don't know how they're gonna do it, but it's gonna be interesting. But I think they should have. I think they should have started in, in very small increments and then grew. I don't think they should have automatically jumped straight to twelve. I think yeah, because I, I wanted to ask you, like, yeah, for you, what would you say, like, if it's like you know, going down to those twelve teams? Okay, they're adding the twelve, but let's just say a lot of them get you know that same record to try to squeeze into that twelfth spot or that the 11th or 10th Man. spot, how would you kind of break that down to decide who's going to get in that 12? Because you can have ones that just have the same type of record and probably the same amount of difficulties within their right. uh, their their schedule. So mm-hmm. those are going to be the hardest things. Now, four, you already know it, you're going to have your teams that you can choose from. But when it comes to that 12, I think that's going to be the hardest choice trying to decide. But that's what I was saying. Like, and that's another thing. That's even the NBA where you have now the play-in tournament. Are you going to incorporate something like that? Or is that going to take too much time? It's all about timing. It's all about where things land because we're used to the college football championship, the the biggest championship to be in January. And then we have the Super Bowl in February. Are you going to extend? Are you going to have college football and NFL playoffs playing at the same time? As you're talking about like them going all the way to February. Yeah, that's interesting to me. So it's like, do you want it to be that long? Or like, what are we thinking about? And then you have to mention college basketball is going to take off because March Madness is coming up also. So how are they going to be able to get those things? How are they going to be able to do this? Now, I'm excited for it. I'm not saying that, oh, this is big because I want them to extend it. But I feel like you start with four. We see how the four goes. Okay, let's go to eight teams. Let's see. Okay, let's talk about eight teams. Then let's go to 12. Things like that. I don't think they should have automatically just jumped jump straight to 12 because, man, that's just going to be weird. So you mean to tell me, so let's say the number 12 team plays the number one team. Is that what is that what they're trying to do? Like, And I just don't think that would be good, good football. I mean, the number one team in the country versus the number 12 team, that might maybe be a blowout. You know what I mean? Like, that's like Georgia um, playing against who, who's in the top. Let's see who's in the 12. So I can say somebody like Tulane. Tulane, they um they played very well and they they made it to their conference championship. So they are number 12. Georgia would destroy Tulane. They would destroy. destroy. But on the flip side of that, there might be teams at that 12 spot, that 11 spot, that 10 spot that okay, we play the number 1 two, the number 1 team, the top 3 teams. And they end up beating them and make a and game out of upsets. Yes. Yeah. So it's very, it's interesting. We've seen a lot of upsets this whole season. Like, and just to go back to the four, the whole, the whole setup, Clemson should be somewhere in the mix just based off of them winning their conference. If you win your conference, you should get a spot in the playoffs. You cannot lose or not make it to your conference championship at all and expect to play in the four. That is for me. There's a lot of teams that won their conference, but they're not going to be in the four. But Ohio State didn't even go to a conference championship. They're in. Mm-hmm. TCU lost in their conference championship. They're in. You have teams like Clemson who won. They won their division. They won their conference. They should be in. When we look at um, Utah, Utah won the Pac-12. They're not going to put Utah in. Kansas State beat TCU in the in the championship game, in the Big 12 championship game. 
that means Kansas State should be in. That's just how I look at it. Right. It, shouldn't I be, do agree. it should be based off of that. That's all I'm saying. What do you think, Jeremiah? Yeah, because I, I told I totally agree. But at the same time, I do worry about the committee as well. Because I, I know as still at the same time, they think about the money firsthand when it comes to everything. And sometimes the competitiveness can go outside the window whenever they are talking about, you know, the money at the same time, just like how many times they squeeze Alabama back in in previous times or they've been great teams, Mm -hmm. but they also want to have, you know, a lot of connections inside as well. And I'm just hoping as these players go forward, they be fair to a lot of teams that work that hard to actually get to that spot and making the playoffs. Because what they say is the two loss thing. Okay, you have two losses, you might not be able to. But it's like, okay, but and they don't they treat it the conference. same as the other teams. Yeah, exactly. So if okay, so Clemson, for instance, we're gonna keep saying Clemson and Alabama, right? Yes. So Clemson is number two, right? Or no, they lost two games. Excuse me, they lost two games. Yes, yes. But they still won the ACC. But they're not in because they lost those two games. Doesn't really make sense to me. Then Alabama has two losses, but they're ranked above Clemson. And they're like in the, what? yes, because Clemson dropped all the way down to like the the 14th. Yes. Yeah, they're number 10. Of number 10. And Alabama, they just dropped maybe like four spots or four or five spots. And it, it just, it didn't feel right because, Alabama, even from before, they escaped so many games, especially the game that we watched against Texas. The other game that we watched, I mean, they lost to LSU. They they could have lost to Texas A&M. Yes, and you can just see, even when it came to their losses, they don't look like they belonged in that top four or even in the top three. So having them to be like sneaking almost back inside was really alarming. But I just feel like, and this is no dis. Ohio State or TCU, I'm not saying they're bad teams. It's just if we're looking at it from a standpoint of the top two teams, Georgia and Michigan, they won their conference and they had convincing seasons, whereas TCU, okay, they had a convincing season and they lost in the championship. Then Ohio State, you didn't make it to your championship at all and you get destroyed on your own field against your rival. Mm -hmm. That's where I get – I'm like, okay, there's there's a discrepancy here. Because they had the highest highest expectations. So you right. get destroyed and you were favorites in that game. That, that's unacceptable. Utah, Utah should be in. If yes. we're, and being that, and this is good that the college football playoff is extended because now you can say Utah should be in because they won their conference. Yep. Um, Clemson should be in. Kansas State should be in. Even mm-hmm. though... Okay, they might not be one of the top-seeded teams, but they still won their conference. Right. And the team, look, in in NFL, it doesn't matter if you're the number one seed or the sixth seed or the seventh seed. You go in there, you play the game. There's no, oh, the second, you you know, until it's time to get the the standings. But you lose in the playoffs, you lose. Those those championship games, if you lose, you're out. I don't care how good your record was. That's just, that's how I look at it. But let's go into the Lakers, the final topic of the day. So the Lakers been hot. <laughs> I mean, especially Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is playing like an MVP. This guy dropped 50, what was it, 55 points? What was that 55, 55, points? 55, 55 points against the Wizards? Jeremiah, let's talk about these Lakers. 
what has turned them around? What has been the reason the Lakers have been so successful after starting, have a horrendous start to begin with? One, of course, is going to start with their health. They are healthy right now. I know at the beginning, of course, you know, their shooting wasn't the best. And although LeBron was in and out when it comes to the injury, but I think when it came to LeBron being out for that long, it put a battery in back of Anthony Davis to say, I have to step up. Yes. And with those games, he went on a stretch of having 40, 40, 30 points per game. And it was just ridiculous numbers that you would see. Okay, I remember this AD now. This is the one that came here when we got him from the Pelicans. That's the one I was there in the Pelicans. Like, you just see those different flashes. And this this allows LeBron to not do too much. Because now LeBron can just get his 20-something per night. And then plus, it will allow him to just get AD the ball and assist. Because it's just all about feeding AD right now. He is their best player on that team. And not to mention Russell, Russell Westbrook, he's giving them solid numbers. And not right. just on the points, but we're talking about assists. 15 assists uh, uh, last night. You know, you can't ask for them to play a, a perfect game than they did yesterday. And I see Akeem's comments. Yes, AD is at his, when he was playing with New Orleans, he's at that form again. And that has always been the question. So when they first won the championship, when AD, his AD's first year with the Lakers, he won the championship with them and they were just bullying people off the court and they end up winning. And that was in the bubble. Remember that? That was the COVID yes. So AD now, through the stretch of these games, he's the first player since Kobe to do that, have back-to-back 30-plus games like that. I mean, what AD is doing, and LeBron doesn't have to do too much. LeBron's still going to be LeBron. LeBron's still going to give you over 25 points. But he, you see he's staying in that 25, 28 range. But we still know LeBron can go off for 40. We still know any given night LeBron can say, you know what, I'm going to take over. And Russell Westbrook has finally accepted the role of playing coming off the bench. And that is one of the biggest reasons. If he is able to give you those assists like that, like 15 assists that like he did last night, even though he had 16 points or six points, he still gave you serviceable minutes. He still gave you those assists. He still gave you those, you know, defensive shears that he that he had. But and guess what? Another thing, the turnovers are declining. Yes. The question was, yes. this team was turning the ball over. They were being sloppy, and now they're getting into their element. Now they're playing much cleaner basketball. They're playing smarter basketball. I think they still need to go get somebody on the outside just to be on the safe side about yes. um, shooting. But I feel like when we look at these Lakers, if they continue to play this, if AD starts to play like this, they are a contender. They I don't can care squeeze what into says. that top four spot if they keep playing this consistent. Yes. And on top of that, I'm looking at the West right now. It's wide open. Yeah, it is. The, they are. The Clippers, there's a lot of questions with their health as well. They're up when and down. When's the last time we've seen Kawhi? When's <laughs> the last time we've seen Kawhi? I don't know. He comes back, and then the next day is is his knee. Something He's out hurts. for Something, resting. Something's hurting. He has, and this is. I'm not gonna get into the whole low management thing because that does irritate me. But when we look at the West right now, a healthy Lakers team, a healthy LeBron, a healthy AD, and then of course a Russell Westbrook who is playing his role, they're gonna be a dangerous because, team for anybody. For anybody. Yeah, because Jazz look like. They blew out the Nets. They blew they 
had a big win against Milwaukee. Which is they the was number going one up against defensive the team league, by the way. Yes. And hit and Giannis having 44 and AD having like 48 points, like big numbers, you know. Him performing at that high level, he's right now leading it MVP for me. Yes, it, and he's playing out of his mind right now. I mean, shout out to Anthony Davis because we've always wondered, what is his drive? For the past couple of years, he's had these injuries. He hasn't played. And now it seems like he has that dog again, that like I'm, I'm back, like that I'm on a – he's on a redemption tour in a way. Like, I mean, everyone has doubted him. They've questioned his ability, his durability, and different things like that. When I tell you, if Anthony Davis continues, but he is the best big man in football, not football, in basketball right now. We look at Giannis. Giannis is phenomenal, but the skill set that Anthony Davis has with it's his different. shooting, with him being physical, his, the way he can get to the rack, the skills for a big man is a problem. It's a problem, and he is starting to play that role. He's down low now. I don't want to see Anthony Davis on the on the perimeter. I just don't want to see it. I want to see him down low in the paint competing and that's what he's doing right now they are feeding yes. him and this man is averaging 30 points a game this is crazy it, it is crazy even when lebron was injured for that three to four game stretch this man put the team on his back and that's what lebron needs right now that's why they brought anthony davis in because now the lakers you have to think about your future when lebron does retire what is the team going to look like without him if anthony davis plays like this they're going to be a team to mess with for a long even post lebron so oh, I'm really excited for the Lakers. I want I want the Lakers to get back into the mix because it's you know the Lakers are one of the best teams in history. They they're the one of the best franchise, the biggest franchise in history. So I mean this is a big big deal for the Lakers to get in there and compete. I'm really excited for the Lakers. LeBron staying healthy. Um Westbrook is playing his role. They're playing defense and it seems like yeah, and I see Leon says well, David Ham lasts an entire season. When the injuries kick in and the load management issues come up, Ham will be gone. Uh, I don't think the Lakers have load management issues. I think it's strictly the Clippers because when we look at the Clippers, the Clippers have load management issues. Obviously, with Kawhi, he started that whole trend. And here's another comment. Then once Ham leaves, all the talk will be, is James coaching the team? Can he be coached? I feel like what David Ham's doing – him coming from Milwaukee, he was the he was the assistant coach over there. He comes over here to the Lakers, a big franchise. You have a lot of big shoes to fill. When you coach the Lakers, you're coaching one of the best franchises in basketball. It's them and the Celtics. Those are the top two. So yes. when you go there, they expect championships. They expect to win. They expect to be in the playoffs every year. And Being so far, LeBron, the players are buying in right, for it. They're buying in. He, he is able, whatever he's doing, he's able to get Russell Westbrook to play in that role. I mean, he's doing something correct. He's got Anthony Davis where he needs to be far as where he needs to be down there in the post. He needs to be down there in the paint and um, causing issues. He's, he's un, is, uh, unguardable. He is unguardable. Yes. How, how he's playing is ridiculous. But the Lakers are on fire. Please watch out, everybody, because if the Lakers are on fire, everybody's in trouble because, you know, LeBron, LeBron is a winner. LeBron has been there. They have experience. They have people that have been in are battle tested. They've been to championships. They've been to conference championships. They've been in the playoffs. So this is going to be very interesting coming in December, and we're going to head to the playoffs soon, the play-in tournament. They have to keep winning, keep winning and get there, and we're going to see because the West is wide open. I'm not, I'm not sold on any team in the West right now, even though the Warriors are the Warriors. 
there's still some questions about the Warriors. But that wraps up First Impression Sports Talk. Thank you, Jeremiah. Thank you, Remy, for always being a great producer. Thank you, Leon. Thank you, Akeem. Thank you, everyone, for giving your comments. We're going to be coming back tonight. Make sure we're going to have a special announcement tonight regarding the two twin brothers, Richard and Sean Westerland, who their basketball teams play this Saturday. And I will air that video Saturday morning to see, you know, if they're prepped for prepping their guys for that big matchup. So see you guys next Monday for more First Impression Sports Talk, more NFL, more college, and more basketball. See you guys later. Woo! <laughs>